You're listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. It is an honor to uh, be with you tonight. For those watching online, welcome. It's been a little bit bu- 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 buffering, um, but uh, hopefully you can hear me and it didn't make that sound. And uh, and uh, it is so good to have you. So we have invested in some new gear and we're working on new gear, but it's some hiccups. And so thank you for bearing with us tonight and uh, good to be with you. You guys endured a snowstorm to be here. Give it up for everyone that drove. Come on, like give it up for yourself. You like, you came here in a crazy whiteout. It was a beautiful afternoon and then it turned whiteout. I don't know what happened, but anyways, it's such an honor to have you here. I'm Travis and uh, just excited for tonight, excited for what God wants to do tonight, excited for the word that I believe he wants to share with us tonight. Um, we've been gathering since 2008, uh, it's a long time, Dean forgot a couple years in there, but I was like, how many years have we been going? It's been a while. And, uh, and maybe you're new, maybe this is your first time, or maybe you've been here since 2008, and uh, just welcome you. And uh, tonight I want to talk... Um, I want to put some language to what God's been doing over these last 13, 14 years. Um, I believe that, you know, kind of like if you get up early and you make a pancake breakfast and you want some syrup for those pancakes, sometimes you take blueberries and you take some sugar and you make a compote. Am I saying it right? I don't even know how to say the word. But you make syrup and it's fruit syrup and it's powerful and you put whipped cream on top and it's really good. Anyone hungry right now? But you, you, you kind of like, you boil it down. You get those blueberries and you boil it so it's thick and it pours really nice and it's amazing. And I just feel like what God wants to do tonight is take some of the words and the things of, of this past season, these years that we've been, and it's like boiling it down to some key things he wants to kind of teach us in this season. And so I want to talk this, I titled it, Arising Again, The Lifestyle. And um, there are moments, I, I believe, as a leader of this movement, that it's time to speak into where we are and where we're going. And I, and I sense it's one of those nights to kind of set the vision. The Bible says, without vision, the people perish. And I just believe it's key to, uh, we've talked about the lifestyle of, of rising again, of resurgence, but I just, I, I want to share this. And um, in this season of COVID, it's been a thing for the lead team. Uh, God, what are you calling us to do? And we just don't want to react, react out of fear, react, out, oh, we got to do something. It's COVID and it's a shutdown and we should just do stuff. Um, that's easy to do. But we've just wanted to respond in faith. God, what are you calling us to do? We can do a lot of things and not, there's so many things we can do, but um, not, it's not we can do, but should we do? God, what are you calling us to do? And so we actually start praying as a lead team. And what actually took us back to is what are the values? What are some key guideposts, some key things that are like essential that, that are going to move us into the next? And so before we start dreaming up, and we've dreamed up some really cool things that I believe God's going to birth in this season and is already doing. But before we did any of that, we just started to kind of drill down to some real principles, some things that I believe are going to help us um, live out our mission. And, and I remember the first time that we held a resurgence, it was in 2008 at the Paramount. Before we did anything else, we had a prayer meeting. 
and we gathered people in this room, and I remember there was like 14 of us, maybe 15, and, and we walked around this, this empty theater that sat 600 people, and we're like, we put posters up, expect miracles, expect freedom, resurgence, no idea what it was going to be, no idea what was going to happen, no idea if anyone was going to show up. And I remember that night we were praying, and, and I actually looked at the notes three days ago because I have that prayer meeting written down what people prayed. Because I remember going, oh, that's good, write that down. What I'm going to share with you tonight, which is the crazy part, is everything on that prayer sheet. So those are prayers, I didn't look at them, but what we prayed in 2008 are each of the five things that I'm going to share with you tonight. So God set that in our foundation before we did anything. Some of these key principles, these key things, these key guideposts, the lenses that we look through ministry and look our lives at. And, um, and so it's really cool. And uh, it's not just for us as a ministry, a resurgence, but you know what resurgence is? It's people. It's you, it's me, it's us, it's our lives. And, and I believe this is a framework that we can look at our lives and look what God's doing and then move forward. And, and, I'm, and I'm excited. And um, I remember, you know, that rising again. What, what does the word even mean? It means restoration, revival, uh, resurrection. And Jesus modeled a rising again like no one in history. We've just come through Easter. It is the hallmark. It is the, it is the moment. It is the point why we're here because of what Jesus did on the cross. It, is, it blows any hallmark movie away because it is the greatest love story that could ever be told. And Jesus went to the cross. And not only did he go to the cross, but he rose again. And because of that, there's victory, there's a rising again. And so I want to unpack, the first thing I want to unpack is the word whole. See, we are healed and we are transformed by God. We are healed and we are transformed. God has a unique purpose for every single one of us on the planet. He has a calling, he has a gifting, he has something for us to step into. And to live that out, we need to have a healed heart. We need to have a whole heart. Um, you know, I think knowing whose we are allows us to be who we're called to be. And it's so key that we have this wholeness. And when we struggle to find out who we are in this ever-changing world and culture that seems to change every day, we need to know a God that never changes. We need to know that there's a God that doesn't waver. He doesn't change his mind. But he loves us, he loves us, he loves us. He loved us first before we ever knew him. There's a God that never changes. And, and I think it's key that, that, that we, we understand that. See, Jesus modeled living whole. He was sinless. Why? So he could take on the identity, our broken identity, our identity that was flawed, our identity that made no sense, our identity that was crazy and jacked up. Jesus took that on so that we could be who he's called us to be. That, that, that's the story of the gospel. And it's the death and the resurrection of Jesus that made a way for our broken lives to be whole. See, when we surrender our hearts, our sin, our brokenness, he gives us new life. And life abundantly, the Bible says. See, I, I think wholeness is the entire soul, uh, body, spirit. It's all of us. It's not just one part of us. Not just one aspect. And so we're on this journey. And I would say every single one of us watching online or in this room, we're on this journey. We're on a journey from insecurity to security, from orphan to a son or daughter of a really good father. And I believe it's so key that we embody this, we get this, we operate from love, not for love. 
To be wholeheartedly followed, Jesus is to be rooted, grounded in the word of God. The word is essential. The word is key. It, it is the, the book, this book never changes. This book, yeah, we can read a lot of other books and we can look up podcasts and we can read a lot of things, but revival happens when a people treasure this book. Wholeness starts at knowing the word. The Bible says the word is Jesus. Jesus was the word. And it is key that if we want to know, we got to understand the character, the goodness, the, the things of this book. Even the books we don't like to read in this book. The ones that are hard. We, we have to understand it. We have to know it. It's got to come out of our pores. See, Jesus also... Um, you know, it says, it says here, I got this verse I've written down, Romans 6, 23. Romans 8, 1 also talks about being in Christ. We have to be in Christ. Colossians 2, 9 to 10 says, For in him, Jesus, the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily. And in him, you have been made complete. See, relationship of love draws one to fall in love with this book. It's because of love. It's because of love what God did sending his son. It's because of love that I want to know him. It's because of love that I don't feel like, oh, I have to read this book. I want to read this book. It's because of love that I want to spend time with him. See, a lifestyle of rising again looks like being connected to the Father. It likes being connected to the Father, and wholeness comes out of the knowing the Father. John 5.19 says, Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. See, Jesus modeled this because he only did stuff that the father was instructing and telling him to do. You know, um, prayer. Prayer is foundational. Jesus, every time he would be around a crowd or something, he would draw away because he wanted to spend time with the Father. He wanted to know what the Father was saying. He was communicating. Prayer is the communication with God. It's connecting with the heart of the Father. It is essential. It's not just a side thing or thing, hey, yeah, you should pray. It's how do you know the God of the universe if you don't talk to him? That's prayer. We need to be people of prayer. Um, see, a whole person is healed and transformed by God. The second thing is, is relational. We are connected in community. Not only essential is our relationship with God, but it's to be in community. It's to be in community with others. Jesus modeled community. He, he had 12 disciples. He, he called people to follow him. See, God works in people. The dream of God involves people. He, he, he established Adam. He established Eve. All these things, God, he gave them dominion in the garden. He, he establishes things through people. God loves through people. He does these amazing things through people. In Acts 2, and we see Pentecost happens. But right after Pentecost in Acts 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What was the order there? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Notice prayer is there, but the teaching of the word is key. And fellowship is number two in there. 
Again, I'm not sure that's intentional to be a one, two, three, four. I'm not saying that. But look at the importance of fellowship in there. Look at the importance of hearing the word. Proverbs 27:17 says, "An iron, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." See, we need to be hearing the word of God and teaching. We need to be sitting under teaching. And you know, you can say, well, I just listened to a podcast. Here's, here's the reality. I was meeting with a guy and he used to have faith and he says, you know, I, I don't like going to church. I just like listening to what I want to listen to. I said, well, how does that work? He goes, well, I listen to some sermons, but if I don't like the topic, I go to a topic I'd like to listen to. But here's the problem with this. We start to pick and choose. Uh, the, the, the messages that I've walked into a church that I don't want to hear that day are the ones that have been most impactful in my life. Because God knows what I need to hear. And so sometimes we're picking, well, I, want, I, want to, I just want to focus on the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't want to get the full buffet. But then we miss what God might want to do through talking about something else, a topic that we have no desire to hear. And I'm sitting there hearing it and hearing the man of God or woman of God deliver a message that God gave them, and I'm going, I needed to hear that today. See, it's important that we hear the word of God. It's important that we don't just have this consumer mindset, this consumer thing. You know, YouTube and Instagram, what they want to do is just get us to keep watching more. So they keep giving us the content we like to see so that we keep watching more. That's their goal. So they'll keep giving you the same topic because they just want to keep you on there. See, that's why it's so important to be in a body. That's why we just value being in a local church. If you're not in a local church, be in a local church. Well, it's COVID, I can't go. Well, you can go online and you can, you can register for most churches now and you can go in person. And if not, you can be the one on the chat. You can be there online. There is church happening. Church hasn't closed. And so I just encourage you, it is key that we are in community. I need community for my faith to flourish. We can't be islands. We can't be separated. It's like that coal out of the fire. We need to stay in the fire. See, what moves people is authenticity. And when I'm honest, I'm the most powerful. And I really believe it's key that we have people in our lives. See, vulnerability is the ability for you to actually see me and for allow myself to be seen. And I think it's important not just to have some friends or just have some acquaintances, but have people that are running with you, that have your back when you're in the fire, that are there and saying, I got you and I'm going to pray and I'm going to declare God's goodness. You're facing a giant? Well, we're going to claim the blood over that giant today. Whatever it is, we need people. And, and so we could say, well, it's COVID. It can't. You can Zoom people. You can call people. You can, you can do a lot of things to be connected. The enemy wants to disconnect us. It's time to connect. It's time to connect with people. It's time to be around people. See, community actually takes work, and it takes intentionality. And we have to be connected. We have to. The church is essential, and every one of us needs a church. Well, I don't like the church. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you. The church is the bride of Christ. So you talk to him about his bride. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. God wants to heal that hurt. The church isn't the only institution that we're hurt by. Every single institution that we go to, we can be hurt by. You can get hurt at a hospital. You can get hurt at a restaurant. You can get hurt at the gym. You can get hurt by people everywhere. Why? Because there's people everywhere and we're all broken and we all have brokenness. You can get hurt at work. 
And sometimes we think, wow, we shouldn't get hurt at church because the intention of people is right. Yeah, the intention is right, but sometimes good people hurt people because maybe they're not whole and they make mistakes. And, and I say that as someone in ministry, I am sorry. If you have been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt by leaders that have, that have said the name of Jesus and have preached from stages like this, I am sorry. And I just say God wants to heal that. He wants to ask you to just come back to community, wherever it is. Maybe not that same place. I don't know. But get, get right. Get, get in community. It is essential. See, church is not a building but a people. See, we establish accountability and we provide, we, we provide that motivation for each one of us to pursue God's calling when we're in community. See, it's important to be in community. It's important to be relational. A lifestyle of resurgence looks like relationship in community. Number two, everybody, or number three, number three, everyone say spirit-led. Spirit-led. I didn't hear you at home. Did you say it at home? Spirit-led. Um, you know, we are empowered, each one of us in this room, when I say we, I say we are called to be empowered by the Spirit of God. That's why resurgence is here. Jesus commissioned the disciples in Acts 1.8. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 2, they were baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians that, that when love comes into our hearts, it's the Holy Spirit that draws us to him. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us to have a relationship with him. But I also want to suggest to you that in Acts, there's this moment where there's this encounter where Jesus says, don't go do mission until you get the power. Don't go do all the stuff of me until you get filled with the power of me. I, I want to fill you with power, not just to sit around and have power parties, but I want you to go and do, the, be my hand and feet to go do incredible things but you got to be spirit led you got to there's so much more there's a fullness Ephesians talks about a fullness of the spirit a fullness of life in Christ a fullness that comes when the spirit of God comes on us are we hungry for his presence are we hungry see there there's a difference between natural and supernatural and I believe that many times we can operate out of natural. We can operate of, of the things of flesh. We can operate out of our own natural mind. But there's things of the spirit that God wants us to enter into. He wants us to walk in the things of the spirit. Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts are not just for some, not just for special Christians, not for ones with special badges. They're, with, they're for everyone. They're for everyone. And, and, and maybe you're new to this and you're like, okay, I, I'm from a Baptist church. I, you know, this is new. Listen, I just invite you tonight. Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. This isn't Travis saying, oh, you, this is Holy Spirit. And, and even tonight, at the end of tonight, I just, I encourage you to just start to say, God, I want, I want it all. I want everything. I want everything you have for me. And he'll reveal himself to me. This isn't about a man thing. This is a God thing. And I remember being a teenager and I just said, God, I grew up in a church and I read the Bible and I did all these things. But I said, I, I read this book and there's like crazy stuff happening, but I don't see it happening. And if you're real, I want to know it. And Holy Spirit started to reveal in a deeper way that there was more. See, once you've tasted a more, you can't go back. You can't put it back in the can. You're like, okay, now what do I do? 
I want more. I'm hungry for more. I, 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 want, I want more of your presence. See, we can have programs and we can have great ideas and we can have great strategies, but if we don't have the presence of God, we're missing it. And I believe it's so key that we have his presence. You know, Moses said, I'm not going on without your presence. One day he decided to go look at a burning bush. He said, the Bible says he turned and looked at it. And after that, he couldn't put it back. It was a presence. God, I need your presence or I'm not, going, I'm not leading these people unless your presence goes with me. See, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is our advocate, the strengthener, the, the steady intercessor, the counselor. See, I can't carry out my purpose, my calling without Holy Spirit. Not my strength. See, I am weak, but he is strong. He is my strengthener. I need a strengthener. How many need a strengthener right now? In our culture, in, our, in what we're going through, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be people of the Spirit, people flowing in the giftings of the Spirit, people believing if we're going to go out and be scattered saints and do what God's called us to do and, and reach people for Jesus, we need the full giftings, that, the full tool set. <laughs> I need all the tools available. Why leave the power tools at home if you're going on a job? Take the power tools too. And we need all the things that God has made available for us and for every single one of us. The fourth thing I want to share is fruitful. See, we are intentional about our everyday actions. There, there's an element of being fruitful. See, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Or apart from me, you can do nothing. And then in 15, verse 16, it says, you chose me. You did, not chose, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask for and ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. See, there's a faithfulness that happens with being in the word. There's a faithfulness of being rooted in prayer. There's a faithfulness of being generous. And, and, and there's a faithfulness of, of, of relationship and all this stuff. Being led of the Holy Spirit, we can be faithful. But the Holy Spirit came, Holy Spirit came to empower mission, to do stuff. And there's a, there's a moment that we can say, God, we want you, and we can have incredible encounters with God on a Sunday morning in our churches. We can have incredible encounters with God in our room, in our, in our private devotion. We can have incredible moves of God at meetings and resurgence, and when the mic goes off, I, we, can, we can have these moments. But what does it look like Monday morning? How are, we, how are we different? How are we actually doing with what he's entrusted us with? See, there's a responsibility that comes with what God pours into us. There is a responsibility to steward the gifting on our lives, the calling on our lives, the mandate on our lives. See, it's, there's a mandate for our lives to produce fruit, to go in all the world, preach the gospel, cross the oceans, or maybe even just cross our lawn, our snowy lawn, whatever it is, cross the Starbucks, to talk to someone, to do something, to be courageous for a moment. See, the church doesn't have a missions department. The mission of Jesus has a church. And it's essential that we, um, we, we get this. If we don't act on our faith, then do we know him? 
What's our faith in? Because the God that I read about, the Jesus I read about was always getting out. The Jesus I read about was always out, 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 let's go. And I think sometimes we're like, stay, stay, stay. And Jesus is like, go, go, go. See, that there's a fruitfulness that has to come. Every one of us carry the dream of God that he has for each one of us. Every one of us have the DNA in us, but it's our mandate to, to fulfill what God has on our lives. See, if the encounter on Sunday doesn't lead to Monday, then we have missed something. The book of Acts wasn't called the book of thoughts. It was the book of Acts. It was doing stuff. It was getting out there. And sometimes our faith is stagnant because we're not doing stuff. We're not taking risks. You know, why did Joshua get be courageous, be courageous, be courageous? Because he was afraid. Fear is natural. But it's time to break through the fear and step in and be fruitful. It's time to be fruitful. If, if we have wholeness and we have relationship and we're spirit-led, God's going to lead us into fruitfulness. We're going to be fruitful. And... Um, we can't bring life to a city by avoiding the city or becoming the city. We have to transform the city. God is cultural relevance is too low a goal. Cultural renewal and revival is what Jesus died for. And there's an element that he wants us to, to step into that fruitfulness. That's what Jesus died for. It's imperative that we redeem culture, renew culture. The last point I have is kingdom-minded kingdom-minded. See, we're united as an expression of God's kingdom. The cross has vertical implications. Up and down, we connect with God and we connect with the Spirit of God, but it also has the horizontal implications. It reaches out. It reaches out to everyone, um, no matter the denomination, no matter the perspective, no matter the gender, no matter all these things, the race, it reaches out. And there's something that God wants to do with um, everything coming together, a unity. It's, it's, it's greater with the sum of the parts together, everything together. God calling us together. That's what's incredible about resurgence is we're not a church, we're a movement. We're a movement of people that make up many churches, many races, many places. And we can come into the atmosphere and lift up one name, Jesus. See, there's something that draws us. We can say, you know, our, our unity movement isn't, well, let's just be united. Because that doesn't work. What happens is let's just find Jesus. And when we find Jesus, we come to the cross and the cross brings us all together. See, unity, unity things don't work. And, and, and I know in, in some traveling to nations and traveling in where there's been... Um, there's been segregation and there's been in different in tribes and, and people groups. And, and there's like, wow, we got to bring reconciliation and unity. Every work that I've seen that's tried to bring reconciliation and unity that isn't centered around the cross just doesn't work. Because they're trying to unite over something, but they miss Jesus. See, Jesus brings us all together. We're all worshiping Jesus. And when we come together, we look around and we find ourselves at the foot of the cross, all sinners saved by him. No matter our denomination, no matter our upbringing, no matter what we've been through, we all have a seat, a place at the cross. And there's something incredible that happens when I see this unique expression. And I believe that's what the mandate on resurgence is so key. Because, you know, if we look in Genesis, there was this moment where they built the Tower of Babel. And it says this, it says, um, 
It says in Genesis, wherever I wrote it down, but it said that nothing is too great. Um, yeah, it says that when they were all speaking the same language and on the same page, nothing will be impossible for them. What would it look like if we're all on the same page and speaking the same language? What would it look like if the body of Christ isn't fighting with each other, isn't divisive, isn't trying to push down others to get other people higher, but we're all on the same team, pulling on the same rope, believing for God to save a nation and the nations of the world, to use us, to care for others. Um, just because I don't agree with someone doesn't mean we aren't brothers and sisters. See, when I see the gold in your story and in you, then I want to call forth the son and daughter because I'm a son and you're a son or daughter too. And we're all under the same Savior. And there's something that happens beautiful in this beautiful tapestry when the body comes together. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, People's, Paul said, let there be no divisions, be united in the same mind. John 17 says, we are, be as one. What would it look like to be as one? See, the Old Testament, you know, we, we said that, but uh, here's the thing. I'm not building a silo. I'm not building a, a ministry. I'm building a kingdom life. What does it look like to build the kingdom? Not our own thing, not our own dream, but God's dream, God's plan. And when it, we do that and it all comes together, it's something incredible. And I believe that's what it looks like. See, King Jesus has a kingdom. <laughs> and there's a, there's a domain for us to be part of in his kingdom. See, these five things, they all are not mutually exclusive. They work together. When we're whole, when we're relational, when we're spirit-led, when we're fruitful, and when we're kingdom-minded, they, they work together in unison. Jesus modeled this. He lived this, and he called us to this lifestyle. Um, I believe so strongly that this is where we're going as resurgence. Not just, not just as a ministry, but as people. I believe that's what he's calling us. These are guideposts. These are, these are markers along the way. I don't know what you want to call them, but they're, they're signs that can go, okay, where are we at and where are we going? And um, I believe they, they, you know, as we did this process and we're like, okay, God, what are you saying? I felt like he was re-clarifying our mission. And our mission hasn't changed, but... This makes it really clear. It's like a lens to see people and a lens to see ourselves. And so, um, you know, our mission has always been reach souls, release leaders, and revive churches. And, and, and I, I think, you know, we, we're making the change of, you see, reach people on there. And it's not that we never thought people mattered, but I think in this season that we're just saying, okay, we want to reach souls, but we want to reach the full person. And we've always believed that. But language changes over time. We're soul, spirit, and body. And I think it's key to communicate that. People. We're, we're full, whole people. And we want to reach whole people. And there's something about reaching people. And see, something language changes. And so we're making that change. See, we care about people. Our desire is to reach people for Jesus to fulfill the Great Commission and, and to go wherever he calls, whether it's online, whether it's the Arctic, whether it's Canada, whether it's nations, whether it's our workplace, whether it's your neighbor, wherever it is, we're called to reach people. Every single one of us, not just the people on the stage, but everyone watching online, you're called to reach people. 
It's the mandate. And, and there's something incredible that when we do that, but we're directed by being whole, we're directed by being relational, we're spirit-led, we're fruitful, and we're kingdom-minded, it changes how we do that. Because if I see people as th through the eyes of being whole, it changes how I reach people. See, when I'm whole, I, I don't have to reach people to get a number on the wall or a notch on my belt or a little badge. Ooh, I reached a person. Why? Because I have nothing to prove because I've already arrived in Christ Jesus. I have a father who's already proud of me. He loved me first, and I don't have to do something. I've healed of my hurts. See, hurt people hurt people. And the reality is if we're not whole in mind and we see people as just an object or a number in the crowd, then we're missing the point. See, it's important that we're whole because if we're whole, then we can actually minister not out of a wounded heart but out of a rested identity. And when we minister out of a rested identity, it's totally different. They can see the love of the Father. I have to be spirit-led. I, I got to know what he's calling me to do. I got to be relational. I need a team. Guys, I'm going in. I'm going to Africa. Will you back me up? Whatever it is, it's a team. I'm going into Starbucks, and there's this person I'm going to talk to at work. Um, who, you know, back me up. I need prayer. See, it's a team approach. It's also being fruitful, going, I'm expecting, God, you to bear fruit in my life. You've done a good work. And now, God, you didn't choose me to fail. You chose me, and, and I don't have to worry about rejection because you already did it on the cross. And I'm kingdom-minded. I'm not trying to build my empire. I'm trying to build the kingdom. See, there's a mindset that switches. Release leaders. Leader in every chair. We've always said at Resurgence, you know, that we're called to be leaders in every chair, that we call forth the gold in people, call forth the gold to arise in people. But what does a leader look like that we're calling forth? What does the leader type of leader that we want to see? Because I just said the soul that we want to see or the people that we want to see, not the soul. We want to see someone who's whole, relational, spirit-led, fruitful, and kingdom-minded. Who's the leader that we want to see? We want to see a leader developed that's whole, relational, spirit-led, fruitful, kingdom-minded. That's the type of leader. That's the type of leader we want to champion. I believe, you know, those five lenses help me be an empowering leader. That when I see people through those lenses, they help me lead in a better way. They help you lead in your local church. They help you lead in your workplace. They help you lead in everything you do because you start to see people through those lenses. See, we're all on a journey in those areas. No one's arrived. We're all trying to get closer to him in those areas. And I think our job as leaders is to champion people further on. How can I take you even further in your relationship from being insecure son to a really secure son? How can I help you wherever we meet leaders or people at? Same as with churches, revive churches. Our mandate is to revive churches, to believe that the Holy Spirit wants to, to, to move in churches, not just in Edmonton, but to the nations. And as I go out or Karis goes out or the ministry goes out, you know what's the, the the, the voice is going to be, the, the message is going to be, the message is going to camp around these five things. God wants to revive your church. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be relational. He wants you to be in community. He wants you to be spirit-led. He wants you to be fruitful in your life, but he also wants you to be about the kingdom, not just about your local house, but bigger than you.
See, that's the mandate. And so when we go to the Arctic or we go wherever or online or, or whatever he's called us to do, you know, we're excited in this season. God's birthing some stuff to gather church leaders and impact for years that we've said, okay, come to resurgence. And there's so many people from different churches and we want to raise the water level. But now we want to go after leaders and pastors in this season in churches. That, that are alone and isolated and said, how do we take you into wholeness more? How do we help you become a spirit-led leader? How do we help you um, reach the kingdom? How do we help you in all those five things be all that God's called you to be? See, it's so key, and, and I share that tonight because I believe it's key in our mandate like never before that God has called this movement for such a time as this. And as I prayed over tonight, I got these words that I feel like God's saying to every one of us tonight. It's springtime. I wrote this down five days ago. I was sitting here tonight going, um, there is snow on the ground. I'm declaring it's springtime. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense why I would say it's springtime. But on the way here, I saw my blades of grass, my green blades coming through. And, and as I sat here, I felt like God say, but I'm watering your grass tonight. I'm watering things because spring's gonna come quicker. And I believe that in the spirit, I believe that God has the word tonight for every single one of us. Those watching online, those in this place, it is springtime. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, or Isaiah 43, 19, see I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, you do not perceive it. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in a wasteland. See, God's heart for each one of us is to grow us. And, and I don't share that, oh, it's springtime as a cliche or like just because it's spring outside. Well, it's not spring, but um, you know what I mean. It, it Just because it's the thing to say. I, I really know that I know that I know that there's something so key about this time. And God's mandate is to grow us. He wants to grow each one of us. That's the thing. But do we perceive it? Like a seed that's put in the soil, you know, that acorn, the oak acorn holds the potential of the oak tree in it. But it has to be planted, it has to go in the soil. And the time between the seed and the tree is this period called growth. And I believe that God wants to grow every one of us into that incredible tree he's called us to be. The purpose the promise, the word on one side, the word that's on the shelf to fulfillment, that in-between stage is called growth. And I feel like sometimes we neglect what growth involves. See, if you put a seed in the soil and you tuck it into the soil really nice, you pat the soil down, you water it, you fertilize it, oh, nice seed, and you stick it in the soil, Maybe you give it a little love. You know, I don't know. Maybe the gardener's there, like, give it extra couple pats. I don't know what you do. Um, you can tell I'm not really a gardener. But you give it love, and you stick it in there, and you, you want it. Why do you plant a seed? Because you want the seed to grow. You're planting carrots so you can eat the carrots. You're planting tomatoes so there'll be tomatoes. You plant the oak tree so you can swing on it someday in, like, 40 years or whatever, Right? And you do all this, or apple tree to get apples. And so you do this, but here's what happens is when you tuck the soil in, or the seed in the soil, the seed actually has to cause a disruption to reach its potential. 
See, it actually has to disrupt the soil. It has to move the soil for it to grow into everything it's called to be. It has to displace the nice soil that you padded. It has to cause a disruption, and that disruption creates an opportunity. See, a pregnant mother has a disruption of her waistline when she's pregnant. But that disruption causes an opportunity. Why? Because a seed needs room to grow bigger. The seed needs room to grow. See, success, I believe, looks like arriving at the fulfillment of the seed. It looks like the baby being born. It looks like the tree coming out of the ground. That's what success looks like. That's that success. And I believe that, you know, here's the problem along the way. That growth causes disruption. And that disruption can cause a distraction. And so many times we can feel the soil of our growth, the things around us, the environment changing, that it actually causes a distraction. That disruption is a distraction to success. Take, for instance, the season we find ourselves in. COVID flow, quarantine flow, all of this stuff, shut down, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. There's a million opinions on it. I'm not asking for your opinion right now. Uh, there's, there's enough opinions. And everyone's frustrated and all these things. But here's the reality is that before the lockdown, if I would ask probably 98% of you, what's, what, what's, what's happening? Oh, I'm believing for growth. I'm believing for breakthrough in my life. I want God to move in these areas. I'm excited for all these things. And now we go into this whole COVID type season. And I believe it's created a distraction. And it's easy to get focused on COVID. Well, when COVID ends, when, when it gets over, I can go back. Your life hasn't paused. Life is going on. And I believe it's really key right now is God is growing you. You need to hear this. God is growing you. He's wanting to grow you. This is a distraction. This is a disruption. Don't let it stop or abort the growth that he wants to do in you. It is easy to go, okay, well, I got to deal with COVID now. And success looks like getting over COVID. Success isn't getting over COVID. Success is being everything that God's called you to be. Success is being the, the oak tree. And when you're the acorn and you're looking at all I got is this acorn, listen, you need to know that you're enough. And God has a plan and a destiny and a dream, and his plan is to take you to the oak tree. There is a disruption of soil. There is a disruption of life. There is a disruption of everything else going on. But could it be that God is using it for good to grow you in this season? Could it be that God is saying, get into my word in this season? Could it be that God is saying, get into the prayer life in this season? Could it be that God is saying, will you be whole in this season? Will you be spirit-led in this season? Will you start re re reaching out to community when it feels really hard to have community? Will, will, you, will you go after fruit in this season? Will you be kingdom-minded? See, th there's a distraction all around us, but he, I don't lose sight of what success looks like. Solving the disruption isn't success. An acorn saying, um, please put back the dirt. I don't want the dirt to move away from me. I like the dirt. That's not success for the acorn. The acorn wants to push that dirt. Successful acorn pushes dirt away and becomes a massive tree and has to move away so it can grow. That's what a successful acorn does. 
Romans 8.28 says, All things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is growing you in the quarantine. God is growing you in the quarantine. God is growing you in it. Do you see it? Do you see it? God's growing me into the man of God he's called me to be. Do I let him? Do I let it happen? God's growing you into the woman of God he's called you to be. In the middle of a pandemic, he wants to grow an incredible tree in your life. Don't let frustration abort the promise. See, it's traumatic to give up normal. It's traumatic to step out of a boat onto waves, out of a stable boat onto a rocky wave. It's traumatic to go to something new because you don't know what's new and you don't know what's normal and and, and you're confused and it's hard to change. But I want to encourage you, history can be the enemy of your destiny. And don't let history hold you back from your... But it's time for us to grab hold of the word, what God says, and step into the destiny he's called for us. Amen? Does that make sense? See, this season will come to pass. Don't forsake the opportunity to grow. See, I, 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 personally, I need to be whole. I need to have a healed heart. If I don't, I let my thoughts, my hurt dictate my thoughts. If my need to be right is greater than my ability to surrender, I have a problem. I need to surrender all to him. See, if my need to be right is greater than my ability to surrender and be whole, then I'm going to speak, I mean, should I say post, comment, everything that comes across my mind. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. What does the Father want you a part of in this season? It's really easy to join the conversation right now. It's, It's a click. It's a couple words. But is that the conversation God's asking you to be part of? Is it what the Father's doing Or are we getting distracted by arguments and distracted by the the fray and God's saying, keep your eyes on me right now. Keep your eyes on what I've called you to. See, I, I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to defend my way of thinking because he's my defender. And when we're whole, we're secure and I don't have to try to defend myself. I'm whole in Christ Jesus. He's my defender and he'll fight my battle for me. I don't have to defend my way of thinking because it's not my way of thinking, it's his. And if it's his way of thinking, he'll defend it. And and I think it's really important. See, success isn't getting through COVID or winning the argument on what the church should or shouldn't do in this season. Success is growing into the man of God, the woman of God he's called us to be. You know, at the end of my life, I wanted to be said, Travis, you were a faithful servant. You did everything I asked you to. That's what success looks like. That, the victor's crown is what I'm going after. I'm going after the crown of heaven. I think so many times we get comparing and we get trying to be in other people's lanes. When God's called you, what's your lane? Stick in it. Stick in the lane he's called you to drive in. You might need that traffic system on your car that pulls you back into the lane when you get out of it. Some cars have that. It's like, doot, 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 recalibrating, get back in the lane. I know I need that. Because there's times I'm like, oh, I want to do, and you get out of the lane, and it's like, no, keep your eyes on him. 
See, we have arguments about the church, people saying open your churches and close your churches, all these things. Here's the reality, the church of Jesus never closed. It never did. Why? Because you can't close people. The church is people. The church is people. I can't shut people down. If, if we're really the church, we're the bride of Christ, we're a group of people. The bride of Christ doesn't close down. The bride of Christ is people. I don't need to fight for a building. I fight for sons and daughters to come into the kingdom. I fight for people that are so passionate about Jesus. I fight for people. And I think we can get so caught up in other things. And listen, that the church doesn't close because we're people. Don't be distracted. God is growing us. It is springtime. I'm reminded of a prophetic word that I received in June 2017. It was from a dear sister that attended our community for maybe five years. She was a gift to our community. She was an Anglican youth pastor named Amy Croy. And about two years ago, went to be with Jesus. We miss Amy. She was at every prayer meeting. She was, she was incredible. And she went through a bout with cancer. And she believed God. And she was just incredible. She inspired us. And I remember one day in June, she, she called me, but then she sent me this message. And she said, I'm praying for resurgence and for you this morning. Thanking God for the amazing conference and all that was accomplished. What a privilege to be part of it. I feel like there is some kind of bottleneck preventing all God has planned. Providing, praying for light and freedom. I pray that he'll give us wisdom and insight to see things the way he sees them. Matthew 16, 17, 23. God has so much more. I see you in a kayak and you're stuck in a log jam. You need help to clear the logs. Once people help to clear the logs out of the way, more kayaks can go through. I see groups of kayaks tied together like four or five. I don't even know if that's a thing. I think the message is you're meant to not do it alone. And I read this at a resurgence at Heartland, July 2017. And as I prayed through this, I, I prayed, and I'm like, God, what do you mean by this? Like, what is the log jam? I, I want to bust through the log jam. Let's rip those logs apart. I'll do it by hand. Let's just, you know, whatever's stopping flow, I want flow, you know? Like, no logs, not into this. And so... I remember praying. I went to our good friend Laurier, who's part of this community, just an incredible gift and gem, and we're privileged to have him. And I said, Laurier, I'm frustrated. Amy had this word about log jam and a river, and it's like some kind of dam, and we need to get rid of the dam, but I don't know how to get rid of the dam. What do we do? And he said, well, let me pray. I, I don't know what to do. And so that Sunday morning, he goes to his prayer group at his church. They're praying, and he goes, you know, I'm, I'm praying for this young adult ministry, and you know, they, it just feels like there's like they're hitting a wall. And so he shares it with this lady. This lady goes, okay, let's pray. He doesn't share anything about the river or anything. All of a sudden, this other lady goes, well, I see a river flowing and kayaks going down the river. And they've hit a dam. There's like a dam there. And it's like blocking them from going. And Lori is just like wide-eyed, like what? Like this is crazy. This is the same word. And the lady goes, there's this, there's this blockage, and, and you're trying to fight this dam, but the beaver's there, and the beaver's building the dam. But the beaver's the Holy Spirit, and he's building the river, and what happens is the river's getting higher and higher until eventually the river just goes right over the dam. 
and all the kayaks, two go over, and they, they keep going over, and they just all go over this thing. And so he shares this with me, and I'm freaking out, and I just felt like immediately God saying, there, there is this breakthrough. See, I was trying to find ways um, for, to bust through the dam. I was trying to find ways, how, how do we get to the other side of this? The funny thing is, if we were to just get to the other side of the dam, just go over the dam, there's no river there if you're on the other side of the dam. See, my idea wouldn't have worked very well. Let's just get to the other side of it, and basically you have a dry little trickle, and all the water's over there. But God had a better idea. He, he, he's building a dam to raise the water level because there's this movement called resurgence, meaning arising again, that he wants to rise things and float them right over the thing. And it's much better to go over a waterfall than be trying to bust through some kind of dam. And that was God's intention. And I feel like when we got this word, we were like, what is the blockage and what is the thing? And I felt like God say, there's, there's breakthrough for people in the area of relationship. There's breakthrough, which we have seen in this season for so many people. There's breakthrough in the way of purpose, in calling, in finances, in the things of, of finding what the dream God has there is breakthrough. And so I want to encourage you. This word is not just dusty on a shelf. This word isn't just an acorn sitting in the ground. But it has caused a movement that, that it's growing fruit from the word that Amy shared. It's happening. It's happening. And maybe you don't feel it tonight. Maybe you're like, I don't feel it. Listen, a, a month ago I was in BC and we're driving on the side of the road and there's a waterfall out of nowhere falling down onto the side of the road. And it was into this little thing. And it, cause it, Why? Because it's springtime. See, God's river is moving in the springtime. If you go by the North Saskatchewan, it's higher than ever. And I believe so strongly that the river of God is flowing right now and God wants to, to do something. And, and Karis, would you just come and, and play and we're going to close here. But I see growth. I see green. I see sprouts. And I believe that God wants to sprout things. I think of John 5. I think of um, in John 5. I think... I'll get me to John 5. Where are you? John 5. John 5 is the story of the guy at the pool. He's waiting for movement. He's waiting for the pool to be stirred. He's waiting for the stirring of the water. He has no one to put him in the pool. He has no one to happen. Nothing's happening. He's standing there going, I need breakthrough. And Jesus shows up at the pool. Picture of people waiting for movement. Jesus then asks them this question, do you want to be made well? Blind guy at the pool, do you want to be made well? And Jesus wasn't there to get information. He knew what was wrong. He knew what was going on. But he was trying to shift the culture. He wanted to shift the mindset. See, sitting at the pool waiting for someone to move him, distracted by the disruption of the people getting in and him not getting in and the stirring of the water and it not happening to him and he's distracted and Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And he goes, I have no one to get me into the, not realizing that Jesus was right there. The son of God showed up and he was so distracted at what was happening at the pool. 
I need movement. And Jesus, like you are the movement. I need movement, Jesus, while you are the movement. And Jesus then asks him this question, do you want to be made well? Stand up. Stand up, he says. Many times we've waited for others, men of God, women of God, great people to do something. When God says, stand up and be the movement that I've called you to be. For this season resurgence, stand up and be what I've called you to be. I speak this over every single one of you tonight. Stand up and be what God's called you to be. Enough's enough. Don't sit in the pool anymore waiting for someone else or whatever. Stand up and be what God's called you to be. He has a destiny. He has a plan. It's springtime. It's time for growth to happen. Stand up and be what he's called you to be. William Booth said, I won't stay here waiting for the move of God. I am the move of God. The Bible says there's a river inside of you, a river of life. I love that what we sang tonight, God gave me the words to write down. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won, I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I'm seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who's conquered it all. When you realize that, there's an ability to stand like you've never stood before. When we know who we are, when we're whole, when we're relational, when we're spirit-led, when we're fruitful, and when we're just called to be kingdom-minded, it changes everything. What does a rising again look like every day? It looks like those things. It looks like those things that our lives, our vines, our future oak trees, that's the framework, that's the trellis to grow into what God's called us to be. There are seeds tonight that God is planting in the garden of our hearts. There's old ones that he's brushing off. There's, he's breaking of distraction. He's speaking tonight. And I believe in a moment, I want to do something as a response tonight. I want us to do an inventory of our hearts tonight. And so, just want us where we are. Maybe you're standing and responding. And, but I want you to sit back down. And I want you to, if you have a phone, if you have a piece of paper, I want everyone to get your note section out on your phone. And I want to ask you some questions tonight because it's so easy to have a moment with God but then leave it here. But I don't want the moment to stay here because what he's growing is going to move outside this wall. And I want to ask you some questions of where you're at. See, we're all on this journey of these areas. And I believe God wants to grow us in each of these areas from wherever you're at to another place to another spot to a deeper intimacy to closer to what it looks like to the Father so Holy Spirit I just pray right now that your revelation would fall in this room I pray your voice would come I, I just break off every blockage for those watching online every blockage to your voice every lie of the enemy we silence you right now 
And I just speak a revelation and a wisdom to fall on every single one of us. I want to ask you in the area of wholeness tonight, are we healed and transformed by God from being hurt? You can put that slide up, guys. From being hurt and broken, insecure, to being whole, healed, and secure. Where, where are you at tonight in that pendulum? What has God been growing in this season? What distractions do you have to ignore to see the growth continue? What does time in the word and time in prayer look like for you? Because wholeness starts at that. And I just want you to ask yourself that and then write down what he gives you, where you're at in that journey. Is there things that he's going to reveal in this moment that you need to heal in that journey? Because I believe it's really significant. You can't have a relationship with other, a relationship with God, unless you have this wholeness come. Yeah. Just write it down. Write down what he's saying. The Father is speaking right now. Jesus, Jesus. We are connected to community. Are we connected? From being isolated, from being cut off, from not planted in a church, non-committal, surfacey, to being connected, to being accountable, to being planted, to being vulnerable, to being sharpened by others. Where, where are we at in that pendulum tonight? What has God been growing in the season in you in this area? What are some distractions to that growth that need to fall away tonight? And what's the next step? Is it show up tomorrow online? Is it register for a church tomorrow? Is it reach out to some friends and say, we need to have a Bible study? I, I don't know what it is, but what's he speaking to you about this area? What does your faith look like in this area right now? There's no excuse for this. Oh, well, I don't like online church. Well, be the biggest commenter you can be. Get on Zoom, do whatever you need to do. Well, I'm fatigued. Get over it. I say that with love. What's he doing in this area? you at tonight relationally? What has God been growing and what are the distractions?
the area of spirit-led? Are you empowered by the Holy Spirit? Are we operating naturally or supernaturally? Are we naturally dry, stagnant, relying on ourselves or wondering what people think? Or are we led by him? Are we hungry for him? Are we alive in him? Are we moving in all the gift things that he's called us to do? Are we going after it? Are we hungry for a move of the spirit of God? Does it move us in the night? Are we hungry and say, we must have God? Is there a spirit in us that going, I want the giftings. I don't walk in the prophetic yet. I don't walk it, but I want to move in that. Is there a hunger to say, I want to believe that blind eyes will open. I want to believe that when I walk, my shadow will heal. There's a calling. Where are we at in that? What's he, what's he growing you in this season? What are the distractions? What are the next steps? being fruitful? Are we intentional about our everyday actions? Are we stagnant, hearing, sitting, talking about, commenting about, hearing messages about? Are we actually taking risks? Are we actually believing the God of the universe wants to use us and actually stewarding what he's called us to steward well? Where are you at in this area? Where's God calling you to grow in? What's the distraction? What's some next steps? Just write those down. Minded. Are we focused on our own thing, our own church, our own life, our own dreams, our own things? Or is this idea that I'm building the kingdom and it's bigger than me? Are there some things that God's growing me in this area. Is there a mindset he's shifting? Is there distractions to this? If there's things that need to surrender so I can be greater kingdom-minded in my heart. tonight or at home, if you're sensing that God's speaking to you tonight, there's something that as I've shared this lifestyle of arising again, there's these five areas of what that looks like, the mandate of how to live this out. If, if God's saying it's, it's that moment where blind guys by the pool and Jesus says, stand up. If, if that's you tonight and you're like, I, I need to, I need to respond tonight. I need to respond to this in my heart, 
in my spirit tonight, then I just want you to stand across this place and I want to pray for the things you've written down, for the things that God spoke to you. I believe he's, he's touched and he wants to speak to everyone. So just stand if that's you. And I just want to pray. And we'll close tonight. Jesus. Jesus. Father, I thank you for the presence of God that's on this, in this place. I thank you for your anointing that's here. We don't take it for granted. We cherish it. We long for it. God, I thank you. It's your spirit that's revealed things to our hearts tonight. Only you can do that. And I just pray right now for every seed that's been planted tonight, for every everything that's been put in our hearts tonight, in our minds tonight, I pray for a, a stewardship that would come over each one of us to not just leave that, drive home, and park it, but they would, you would speak to us tonight. I pray dreams and visions. God, I pray that you would water the seeds tonight where there's hopelessness over seed. I declare breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. I declare, Father, that from the ground there would be seeds of wholeness that would spring up. There would be seeds of being relational, that, God, you would open community in a new way. I, I declare tonight, God, your Holy Spirit would move in a new, fresh way over every single person listening to the sound of my voice tonight. I declare and pray that tonight in Jesus' name. God, we pray for fruit to come from our vines, from our lives, from our mandate tonight, that the calling and destiny of God would, would grow big fruit in this season and fruit that remains in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, for the kingdom-minded heart. We would build your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So God, we just, we offer this to you. We ask you to speak, to give us dreams and visions. Fill us as a ministry, God. Lead us in this season into all the new mandates and initiatives and movements that you're calling us to, to touch the nations of places. God, as, as we move forward, I thank you that there's such a clarity. I thank you for what you're doing, and I thank you for people to be reached, people to be reached for Jesus, people to encounter the love of God, people to get healed and transformed and delivered. I thank you for leaders to be released in a new level and a new way. I thank you for a revival of churches in Jesus' name. We just declare that. Father, for every church that's represented tonight, we pray a blessing over every pastor, every leader in this season that is really hard. We declare a breakthrough over every leader tonight. Over every, the finances of every church, would you break through tonight? Wisdom, discernment in this season. God, I pray for everyone listening that needs hope tonight. Those that maybe just want to give up. Those that stumbled across it on YouTube or Facebook and just, I, I. They just need an inspiration of hope tonight. I thank you, Father, hope is a person. His name is Jesus, and he's available to every one of us. So we receive that, a life abundantly tonight.
Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.